Today's guest is Malik Lee. Malik, what's your rapper name? I go by the name of Coyote Lee. Coyote Lee, welcome to the show. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, Malik and I recorded last year. There was a uh, tech issue on my end, but I feel like it's apropos time to record a new episode because you just dropped an album, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, what's it called? Uh, it's called Crash. And you released it on SoundCloud. Yeah. All right. Um, I listened to Crash. I'd heard some of the songs prior. I loved it. There's a great. There's some great samples in there. Um, the second one is Sweet Dreams, which is kind of like based off of like two different songs, but one famously a pop a pop song. What um what are your thoughts creatively, just real quick on sampling? Like you're um I'm all for it. I mean I I love hip hop, man. I'm like I, I like to think I'm a student of the game, right. um and you know that it was built on that. You know right. what I'm saying? So um I'm all for it as long as we can find a creative way, you know, to keep to keep flipping stuff and to put our own spin on it, man. I I'm all for it. Right. Where does Coyote Lee come from? I mean Lee we get, but yeah, the... yeah, yeah. Lee's the last name. Um, Coyote came from me and an ex. Um, took one of these like weird Facebook spirit animal quizzes. Right. She was like super into it, and right. I was like, "Sure, I'll go for it." And I got coyote, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of that's kind of cool." And I looked up the description, and then I kind of started looking into like, like uh, if you want to call it like Native American lore or what have you. And all of it kind of I felt like it kind of reflected, you know, who I was at that time and what I was, you know, what I was doing, what I was going through. Um, and I just kind of ran with it. But that was back when I was changing my name. Every three weeks. <laughs> like, what was her? What was her name? Uh, her name's Nicole. No, sorry, I meant like. Uh, oh, her, her her Facebook spirit name. I, I have no idea. I think she was an owl. I think that's why she's an ex. Because I, you weren't paying attention. I think that I wrote a song and I called it something about an owl. But you're right. I was not paying attention. Yeah, had you, had, then you'd have you married. <laughs> um, Malik, you grew up in Baltimore, man. Yes, sir. You went. You graduated the school of performing arts. Yeah. So that's the same one that like Jada Pinkett and, and Tupac and. Yeah. Who are, who are, like, I think there's, like, one or two other... I mean, there's several big ones, but, like, recently, um, like, who in the past... You graduated when? I graduated in 2013. Okay. So, on the younger side, but I mean, I guess younger compared to me, but who are, like, some recent, like, last 10-year type of grads who we might have heard of? Um, um, yikes. Maybe Rachel Hilson. Rachel Hilson has done a lot of, like, acting work. Right. She's done... She's been on A Good Wife. Okay. Um, she's on a new NBC show coming out this year. She, do you know her? Yeah, yeah. It's one of my good friends. I actually took her to prom. My dream. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of my one of my good friends. Hey, um, now. <laughs> what color was the tux? Um, Did you go all white like those Baltimore it was, boys? It was... So the the, the jacket was uh, black. Shirt was purple. It was very weird. Okay. <laughs> it was you a very the, weird the vibe. revolution look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, were you, were you scared to ask her? Were you like nervous? No, we just kind of fell into it. Yes, my homegirl. Um, she actually is like, she was into one of my friends at the time, so it was no like pressure on that type of end. Um, I was dating someone else. It just so happened that we couldn't go together. Okay. So yeah, no no pressure. Thank goodness. That's real. I always felt like the corsages and like boutonnieres were waste of money. Hundred percent. Yeah. Not without a doubt. Like put it on, it died by the end of the night. Right, right. What'd y'all do for dinner? Um, we didn't. She actually went to Detroit the night. Like she she took a flight to Detroit to shoot a movie that night. So right after prom, she she hopped on a plane. That's dope, man. What yeah, a wild yeah, wild cool. story. <laughs> wild. Born and raised Baltimore. Yes, sir. Yeah, who's over there from now from your family? Um, everyone still. Um, my brother just moved back from Hawaii, so he's living with the parents now, yeah. uh, helping out around the house where I can't be anymore. All of my siblings still there except for one. One lives in Vegas. Um, you're the youngest. I am the middle. I'm oh, you're the, the middle. middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're fucked up. You're Oh, terribly. Right. 
I have, a, I have a sister who's a middle child. She was a, she's a great, she's a late bloomer. So I, I don't know if like, she's like fine, but I did find she kind of found her way later. Yeah. I knew what I wanted. Where do you feel like you are on? That? I I always knew I wanted to do music, um, or something something artistic. I I don't know. I'm in the middle, but I feel like I'm in a lot of ways I got treated like one of the older kids. Like I kind of, and I had my time as the oldest kid in the house. Um, but I feel like a lot of the time ago, I got treated like I was a little older, like because I always kind of saw the world in like a, right. a bit of a different way than a lot of my siblings did, and just kind of a, a more like cynical, like a realistic way. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I feel like a lot of the times I got treated a little bit older, but it was cool. I had a great time growing. Do you feel like your siblings keep you grounded with respect to your music and art? A hundred percent. Um, like they're more like the G check, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. You ain't shit. My I'm brother's not impressed. Right, <laughs> like, I, like he'll hear stuff and he he thinks it's cool, but he he's like, yeah, you got some work to do. Like he's he's not impressed. That, but you need that, of course. Because if you're getting gassed up, like that's the end of it. Yeah, I went through a, like a big phase of like kind of making music in my living room on some like Rocket Five Caracase speakers and like my own setup. And the solo cups on the wall. Yeah, and that kind of got me into my own head, and I was always worried about if it was good enough. And then I got here around people and. Now a lot of people are telling me it's cool and it's good, so it's definitely great to have them to be like, "You got some work to do." So your siblings aren't are like not in the creative field. Um, they could be. I don't know. I I feel like I also got afforded some opportunities that they weren't. Unfortunately, for some of them, sure, um, sure. my brother's a great artist. Like as far as uh, visual art. What's the process for getting into the Baltimore School of Performing Arts? Um, just an audition. Um. So like eighth grade, like you go. Yeah, I went through their their Twigs program, which is kind of like a, they get you ready. Essentially, they they, they sharpen your skills and they kind of get you ready for the audition. For vocalists, because they don't want you to kill your voice, they only take you in during eighth grade. So, um, I went for like a few classes during eighth grade. They kind of helped me with repertoire and uh, what type of songs to pick, and then I had my audition, and it was it was from there. You're trained in opera. Yes, sir. And what's that called? It's like op- just opera, or is there anything? Yeah, I mean, it's classical, classical training. Okay. Yeah, classical voice training. So when that happens, is that something you like? Kind of get pushed into, kind of like by vocal teachers, or just like you have the voice for this, or is that just coming from you? Like I want to do this. Oh no! So the the but I knew this when I auditioned for for the Baltimore School for the Arts. But their whole voice program is based around classical classical training, classical voice, um, which makes a lot of sense because the way that you need the way that you have to sing for like classical voice in operas or right. if you want to do operettas or anything like that it's the most healthy way of singing um, and it can be transferred into all forms of singing so I still use that training on a day to day basis when I go to the recording studio. just to preserve like the, the box that's, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. pause but, um, <laughs> so it's, it's like the safest way like so beyond that in your repertoire do you add like tea is there something you do to kind of save the voice or is it kind of just genetically you either maybe one day you can max out like Mariah but other than that there's nothing you can really do to um, be on the basis you can stuff. definitely take care of your voice I mean you, you know you don't use it when you don't have to use it or when you're using it you're not you know you're not screaming through your throat you're not doing anything crazy me personally I don't do probably the things I should do to preserve my voice like I don't warm up before my studio sessions you know I drink I, I smoke cigarettes like I'm not like doing everything I can right. do to preserve my voice but there is there are some things sure. you can do and some things that they taught us yeah you play any sports growing up? Uh, yeah, I played baseball and basketball. What position in baseball? Uh, short and third. Really? Yeah, 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 So the school did Baltimore School Performing Arts? Oh, no, they, they definitely didn't do sports. I did, like, like sports all through middle school, and right. then sometimes Outside I would do, league. like, yeah, some rec leagues and little league type stuff. You Orioles kid? 
No, no, fortunately. Because they're terrible. So who are some of your favorite <laughs> baseball players? I'm curious. Um, Jeter's the, the top. Really? Um, yeah, I'm a Yankees fan. My mother's from New York. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so she she raised me a Yankee fan. Number two. Um, yeah, he's great. I, I really love Andrew McCutcheon right now. Um, so obviously, you, you Judge watch. is a monster. So you you're, you keep up with Major League Baseball? Um, to a certain degree. It's too I mean, many games. The games are long. It's too many games. It's like 162 games in a season. I have season. a couple friends who love the baseball nap. Like oh, for a wow. second inning, they pass it on the couch. They wake up, like you know, the eighth <laughs> or ninth, and they're like ready to watch it clutch. Yeah, I mean, I I go to games when I can. I'm not too far from Yankee Stadium, so yeah, that's when I can, I go to Bronx. games. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great stadium. Yeah. I haven't been to City Field. I'm a Nationals fan, mm. so I want to go check them play, play the Nats. In that basketball, cool. when was the last time you picked up a ball? Two weeks ago, probably. Any good? I am I'm filthy right now. When I was playing like organized basketball, I was terrible. <laughs> But then, like after that, I started playing like street ball a lot, a lot, a lot, and I'm pretty right. good. I'm pretty but that's good. like the equivalent of like when a girl tells you she's hot. I'm kind of concerned that like I don't know. I started to go with like. <laughs> Speaking of filthy, what do you think of Justin's new single? Oh my gosh, it's really good. I was very surprised. Yeah, the aesthetics of like the album don't like, match. You, yeah, because you know the the outside guy or whatever. Yeah, man in the woods, and then you yeah. get Timberland. It's like techno and, and Timberland. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Nate Danger Hills, but it's. Phenomenal. Uh, who produced? They were big on Blackout. Nate, Nate Hills, who's Danger, produced Black uh, the song uh, "Give Me More" by Britney, which is one of my favorite Britney wow. songs. Blackout's my favorite Britney album. What was the song or artist or genre album that changed it for you? Like, what took you to like? I feel like Pharrell talks about this that there's always one song or artist or something. It's just like, why do you like that 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 vibe? Um, it's one of two things. It's either Childish Gambino's because of the internet. Okay. Um, or Shannon Orange those two for me just kind of solidified the fact that I was going to do this and solidified the fact that I could be like kind of as off kilter and as weird as I wanted to be right. as long as it was good right because they kind of were this representation of like you can be mainstream but also literally make whatever album you want yeah 100% so what do you think of like Frank vocally with respect to like this current R&B era or do you think he's not R&B because some people have made that argument too people you know maybe R&B is like the old guy saying I'm 32 so for me the 90s like Ginny Wine and, and, and Drew Hill from Baltimore like that yeah. whole vibe defined me like my R&B taste that's definitely R&B to me right, right. like I don't know what I would call I wouldn't call it urban contemporary like the right. Grammys call it but like I don't know what I would call that but it's Hip hop and R and B have definitely merged right. more than people would like to right. acknowledge. That that stuff you're talking about, the genuine, the Drew Hills, the the Brandies, like right. all of that, that's definitely R and B. Um, but Frank vocally, I think he's amazing, man. Like and and vocally, I mean, like as far as his voice sounds, but also the choices that he makes with his vocal lines. Like some of the things that he does, like if you want to listen to. Um, I can't, I can't remember the name it's of the okay. song off the top of my head. It's on the uh, Our Future uh, tape volume two. Right. There are certain things that he does vocally. His lines are, are insane. The amount of distance he uses, but like the way he, he works through it. It's almost like jazz. It's really, really interesting to hear in pop music. Or I thought Blonde was great. I thought it was a masterpiece. And the first time I listened to it, I was kind of like... Mm. You've also been waiting a long time. So waiting I think you're a so long hungry time. for it. You had a different taste in right. your mouth with Channel Orange. It's definitely much different from that and there was no there was nothing to ease you into that it was just kind of like here's this completely different thing after four years right and it was kind of like oh okay but after like, I say like two or three listens I, I thought it was great 
and I guess with uh, Childish Gambino, who kind of did what he did the Wu Tang online generator for his name. Yeah. What about his album that changed it for you? Um, because the internet was just so weird, and like where people kind of killed Kanye for being weird on Yeezus. I feel like people kind of praised Gambino for being weird on because the internet and the whole character that he had created and he was going to interviews with and like that whole thing. And it's kind of showed me like you can be as weird as you want. You can be as you as you would like to right. be as long as you make something cool. You know, people will gravitate towards it. And I was like, okay. Right, which is why like guys like, you know, Young Thug or, or what have you can kind of be themselves. Yeah. Keep 100. And like as long as you make you know music people like, they're, they're kind of indifferent. 100%. It is interesting though that like as uh, we've progressed so quickly to not really want to care about, you know, for example, the personal life of whatever you want to speculate about Young Thug and Frank Ocean's been kind of honest about his lifestyle. Which is interesting is the shift is so quick with younger, younger people, and I hope with my generation too. But it's like no one cares as long as the music's hot. But it's interesting that guys like Kanye, who are very forthright and very direct and talk about it, get more shit from people. So I find it interesting that like, like I think his albums are progressively the best ones yet. Like, yeah. Jesus was my favorite until I heard Pablo, and Pablo's my favorite. Jesus was amazing. Like, uh, let's not get it twisted. I wasn't one of the people that was like, Jesus is terrible. Right, right. But I know a lot of people just really didn't accept it the way that I, you know, I kind of thought it should have right. been. Um, took me a few listens with that one, too. But it was, I mean, it was great. Right. He's definitely I'm convinced people, always weird. people don't listen to music the right way. Like, they might just have cheapo headphones. or just like, maybe that's me being elitist, but something like that that you know he spent hours in the studio doing... A decent pair of headphones or speakers might change the game for you in terms of the way you absorb it. No, definitely. I was just watching some uh, some mixing videos um, a few days ago, probably like three days ago in the right. studio. Um, and we were just kind of like figuring out some mixes for the new project that I got coming. And we were listening to someone talk about how they do all their like what we call bad speaker mixes on... on uh, like Apple laptop right, right. speakers or like <laughs> Apple headphones because right. it's like... You know, that's what everybody's listening to everything on. Right. Know? And it's like, maybe if you sat down and, like, cooled out, put some, yeah. put some on some nice speakers, some, some nice headphones, yeah. and you feel differently. The name of this album is? It's Crash. Why? Um, so I had a, a previous project uh, I was working on named Semi Pro, and I got all the way through it. It had 12 tracks. Um, we had the entire track list out. We had the whole mix uh, done. Uh-oh. Um... But this was me being younger in the in the game of making projects, and I had it in one place. I had it on my laptop, and that was the only place it lived, and I didn't really trust anybody else to have it. I recorded it in my living room, so I was just kind of like, no, nah, I'm going to keep it. And my computer crashed on me, and it was completely devastating, and How I lost you? all that work. I was maybe 18. Did you cry? Um, I didn't cry because I had been through a lot of like devastating stuff before that, Right. but I was... I didn't want to talk to anyone for a few days. I was definitely like broken up about it. I had just uh, dropped out of college at that time. Right. So I was just kind of like, I had moved back home, made this project and I felt good about right. my decision and what I was doing. Then it was gone. It's one of those one take things. Like you pull your heart out. You can't never duplicate. again. I, I've even, I've even found some tracks from it. Um, my friend had sent me like a Google, a Google, uh, Google drive with like maybe like four or five tracks that I had let him hear. Finished? Before. Yeah, and he was a he was a friend of mine at raps, um, and I had sent him some tracks to hear, and he he let me hear him, and I was like, I could never, I could never recreate this. This was ill, like I, I couldn't do okay. it again. So, Crash, you consider a full album, not um, a tape, or does that distinction not matter to you? Yeah, it does. I don't really care. Um, like we kind of, the t- me and the team kind of put it out like 
you know, these are some things that, you know, we worked on while we worked on this this new project that I'm about to come with. Um, and people should hear it. Is that an album too that's coming out? Um, that one, the next one is an EP. Oh, wow. Um, but I was like, yeah, people should hear this, but like, wow, we don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily matter what they call it to us. We didn't like sequence it like an album or we didn't, you know, sequence it like we would sequence a project or it wasn't as cohesive as, you know, an album would be in my eyes. But if people want to call it that, run with that, if they feel like it's good enough to be called that, like, great, I'm not going to stop you. It's fantastic to me to hear that. Sure. Are you going to, like, tour or perform this album, or are you waiting for the EP? Um, I'll probably I'll probably do a few shows from this, but we'll probably wait until the EP, like, until the EP comes out and do them both together. That's fair. Yeah, just having, like, a, a good amount of material. I found that your lyrics were kind of a smorgasbord and kind of a big mix of different life experiences. You talked a little bit about your mom. You talked a little bit about women. When it comes to like writing about like your mom, your family, your like upbringing, I noticed a kind of a theme in your music in that almost there isn't one at all. Wherever, you, whenever you want to reference them, you throw them in. But I feel like their role was kind of like all over the place. Do you feel like they there was a plan that was cultivated for you to be in music from them, or do you feel like you became a music because you you got into music just because of these circumstances with your family? Like something hits you and you just were motivated to be an artist. Um, that's a great question. I, I didn't even know I had mentioned them as much until my mother called me after it was out and she was like you mentioned me in almost every song and I was like oh I didn't <laughs> I didn't know that I don't know I just try to write from like one of the most honest places and like they're a huge part of my life as far as them pushing me to artistry they helped out a lot once they knew that this was serious and this was something right. I wanted to do um, before that it was just kind of a mistake I, I found out I could sing because I was in trouble after school and they made me go to this uh, after school like singing program we were having in my elementary school. Um, and then I was still like cutting up there. I was joking people who were trying out for this solo. And my teacher made me come up and she was like, you do it since you think it's so easy and funny and, and then what have you. It. And then I sang <laughs> and we both kind of looked at each other in, in kind of a shock like, oh, wow, that was pretty good. <laughs> I like the idea of her like thinking you're gonna suck and then like yeah, like, yeah she was like I'm gonna embarrass this kid real quick <laughs> the best tenor in the and game and then we were both like oh whoa okay right. do you remember what like was it a specific song or um it was a it was a show tune of some sort I'm not right. exactly sure what it was but I remember we were doing like things like give my regards to Broadway and like right, just right. like really Structured, standard classic. show tune type of things I, I can't remember exactly what it was sure but. and again like age you're 24 I'm 22. I just turned 22. 22, right. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, like, not to be... No offense, but, like, your relationship experience is going to be limited at 22. Of course. So I appreciate that your album is, like, limited to your experience. It's not... And I have no problem with, you know, people rapping about like, being a gangster on because I understand it's part of the game. It's just fun music, right? I'm not... I don't expect Rick Ross to, like, actually do all that stuff yeah. or whatever, but I find it interesting that you almost hold back to be more genuine and not be disingenuous about your life experiences or your relationships why do you think that is it just because your creative muscle doesn't go that way or do you want to save it or do you feel like you legitimately can't even fathom like can't even build something that, that isn't real um I I couldn't at the time I wrote that now I can kind of build things you know based off of story or based off of like there have even been times I've written based on like one experience I've had with someone that was very short and I built out a, an extra three, four years on the end of it and you're kind of seeing how it will play out and that sort, of, that sort of thing. But you always know when it's that. You always know when it's kind of hypothetical. Right. I, I don't know. I have a huge problem with like 
the amount of like disingenuous or like unauthentic like writing or like music that's being put out and I don't want to sound like crazy or anything I just know it's never been something that I could do um, well so like if, like if Jeezy or, or Ross I'm talking about pushing weight or whatever that really bothers you or just you don't want to be? no it doesn't really bother me when I hear it when I hear it it's, you know it's your decision as, as a creative if, if you want to write about that you know just like people who who, who pen novels like it's not always right. something that they've been through right, right, right. Um, it's just for me personally I know I can't write a novel I, I couldn't right. write something that wasn't about what I was going through I wouldn't even have the like the wherewithal yeah yeah I couldn't I couldn't fathom it like I couldn't I got you. bring it up into my brain I can I can respect that with a, with a approach to the music do you feel like you have a, a process when it comes to like this is how I want to go back in the album was this a plan I want to have some sort of album out or was this just an amalgam of tracks and you're like let's put it together yeah, this one was I wanted to have something out, but I knew if I wanted to do it at the rate which I wanted to do it, I knew it wasn't going to be you know as. What does that mean? What, like what frequency? Yeah, I wanted to do it very fast because I I had been. This is another thing that it was kind of show my my age and my experience in the game, but I uh, I did a lot of teasing semi pro on on Instagram or on right. Snapchat or what have you, and people knew it was coming, and then it wasn't coming. Um, so I knew I wanted to put something out fast just to kind of retain the little bit of you know fan base that I had right um, just to let them know I was still making music I was still pursuing it um, so I wanted to do something quick I knew it could it wasn't going to be at the at the level of like cohesion or creativity that that I would like for a project but I definitely wanted to let people hear something and let, let them know I'm still I'm still trying <laughs> right so what's the difference then now with this new EP? Um, the difference is this new one is in is an entire story. Um, like entire story meaning like it has skits or it's like the Lost Boys or what um, do you mean? So so not skits, but I'm gonna have my friend Rachel Hilson I was talking about um, who's gonna be on on this NBC show coming up. Um, I've got her doing some some diary entries from a character's perspective in this project. Interesting. I've got a whole, you know, kind of kind of story arc behind this one as awesome. opposed to as opposed to the last exciting yeah. can you give us any kind of hint on the date possibly or is it too um, early nah a little bit too early I know I want to do it you know coming up very very soon um, as far as the date I couldn't give you a date yet all good all good yeah. but I think the listeners in, in me personally we're kind of I'm, I'm curious I know process real cliche because I when people ask me a question I roll my eyes like what's your process but for a lot of people they want to know and I'm really curious so like are you whiteboarding this or are you like just writing stuff down on your phone like how do you come up with this concept is it just like oh shit that's dope I, I saw someone else do it I pulled from it or is it just you wake up like well, what's the process how did you get um so this, this one I knew I wanted to 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 show everyone that I could do something that had a story behind it because semi pro had a story behind it and it was like a very kind of detailed thing that I had right. gone through and I was kind of frustrated that I couldn't show right. people that side of me and that's always kind of been the artist I've been like I want to have my project mean something I wanted to to have a little bit of a higher meaning than just you know song for song um so I knew I wanted to do that so I kind of went into it with the mindset of what do I have enough material in my life right now to write a whole story about um once I figured that out we kind of went into okay now what's the story going to be is it going to be two-parted three-parted what's the climax going to be right. where is that going to be at um i kind of just did all this on my phone um in my notes that's dope i'm like uh, just figuring out what what i was going to do how i was going to structure it and then i finally got the 
the concept down. Um, it's it's in three parts. Okay. Um, and I and then from there I just went into creating the music. Okay. Do you have uh, a group of producers? Do you have one person whom you prefer to with whom you prefer to work? Do you have a team? Like, what's the how how do you get? Are you going like some beats emailed to you? Like, yeah. So luckily, I mean. <laughs> I haven't been lucky enough to to get like a a solid team of producers right. yet, um. But that's just because I feel like I haven't been working sure. that angle long enough yet, um. Because I'm I'm like a YouTube a YouTube SoundCloud kid where right. it's just like I'm just I was in my living room pulling beats off YouTube. But now and, you're in New York, so. yeah, yeah. So I've I've been lucky enough to meet folks. I've been working with uh, J Rob, oh wow, who, who works with Solution. Um, I've been working with uh, with my guy Lake. Uh, this kid from Syracuse, crazy producer. Um, and then a lot of it is still, still that YouTube SoundCloud kid forming relationships this this time though. Sure. Instead of just pulling them, we're hitting people up. We're getting multiple beats. We're forming relationships. My guy Blue Magic, he's crazy. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the way I've been working working this time. I have my producers that I prefer to work with a little bit a little bit more. Right. But I mean, I'm just happy with every opportunity sure. at this point. Who who exec produced Crash? Um, the the entire project. Yeah. Really, me. Okay. Who's exactly <laughs> producing this new EP? Um, this new one, my guy, uh, Whitley, my guy Christian Whitley. So is um, he like your master guy? Like he's mastering it for you, or is there? He's helping you pick the beats. Like is he is he producing in the way that we know traditional like artists to kind of get produced, like Timberland or or the Neptunes, or or you know or Puff? Or is it more like? Um, it's it's a little bit looser than that. Okay. Like it's a little bit uh, looser than that. He's my guy. We went to high school together. He he went on to go to the, uh, Berkeley College of Music. Oh, Joe. Super duper talented. Um, and I just kind of use him for like, I'll, I'll send him things or he'll come into the studio and we'll kind of work over how this could be better. Um, or or I'll have him, you know, like, yo, can you, because he plays a ton of instruments. He plays bass, he plays guitar, he plays saxophone, he plays drums. He's crazy talented. So you're so. recording these and then like looping them onto... And just like playing them as your instrumentals. Yeah, or I'll, yeah, or I'll, I'll be oh like, God. "Yo, can you add X, Y, or Z to this track?" Or you know, what do you hear here? Uh, right, so he's the talent. Wise. You're just filler. Yeah, I'm just I just like rap a little bit, and little then bit he he does most of the work. Right. <laughs> you know what's interesting is I'm always in awe of that. But you kids who went to these performing arts schools, shit, the diamond does it. It's not to diminish his talent. It's to say like pizza, pizza every day sounds like a cool concept. And like it's delicious once in a while, but when you're getting it every day, it's not that it's not as good. It's just no, redundant. yeah, I feel you. It's just so wild that you guys are. I think you're so spoiled. One hundred percent pisses me off. <laughs> but it's just like so dope because I think those kids, especially, you've seen the crazy drum solos and the the kid on the the uh, you know violin and and all these different instruments. I find it interesting is um, you find yourself still getting blown away sometimes. Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. So you're not. You're not like. Uh, because I've never seen myself as one of those people who do the crazy stuff. Right. Like I've always been like, good or just good enough. Right. Like I never seen myself as one of the higher tier crazy talented like arts kids. So I still get like blown away when he comes in, and does something, or when I have my my boy Sheck Mac come in who I went to school with, and he just lays a hook in five minutes with four four harmony layers I'm just kind of like what <laughs> like I still get blown away all the time or when I'm when J-Rob's in the studio and he's he's plugging away at a beat for five minutes and it sounds like the most amazing thing I've heard in two years like I'm just like okay <laughs> are you renting a studio do you pop into a place or do you kind of work all over the place I'm super super blessed and super lucky um 
uh, two of my friends kind of own their own space. Okay. Uh, they they rented space in Brooklyn, um, at at uh, Studio Factory. Okay. And um, they let me in there on Wednesdays for free, and it's been it's been amazing. Clean the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, they've let me in there for free, and it's just been kind of kind of crazy as opposed to my last situation where either I was recording myself right. or I would be you know in the studio and in four months without being in the studio yeah. before the age of all this technology and accessibility and for maybe a couple grand if you work really hard you could save up and get some stuff the stories I hear about other artists begging for studio time and the stuff they had to do to get it is insane oh no I could imagine I could imagine it's I mean and you know this spot is great but I know if I wanted to get into other studios there's still certain stuff I would right. I would have to go through and have to do. I just got lucky enough that my guys, you know, kind of held me down. When you go about recording the album, is there a ritual or routine you have on that day or that week? Are, are you getting songs done in a couple days, or are, are you like you need eighty hours in there, to, or does it fluctuate? So it, it it fluctuates. For Crash, I had everything written and everything kind of programmed out how I wanted to do it. Um, I drove to North Carolina. I did it, and we did it in two days, and then I drove back. Um, for this project has just been kind of a steady diet of because this one I wanted it to have that story so I wanted it to be a bit more free um, so this one it's just been a steady diet of going in writing or going in and, and networking or going in and then recording but it wasn't I didn't have 10 songs ready and then go record them I would sometimes I'll go in and no songs ready come out with two songs and maybe both of them aren't you know good enough to be in the project but you know we're just just in there working sharpening tools um and then we kind of picked out the ones that fit the story and and, and made it and made it sound as as good as possible you know as coherent as possible any particular software you like free loops or traditional stuff like logic or i'm a logic guy okay. I, a logic pro 10 was kind of the first program sure, sure. that i got um, and that's when I was making my own music and i was making my own beats and recording myself and it was just kind of like the, the easiest for me to pick up now I'm working on the Pro Tools a lot more. I love the way that, that I sound coming out of Pro Tools with, with the plugins that my guys have over there at Studio Factory. Um, but as far as me working, myself, I'm going to work on Logic. I don't get Pro Tools. It's too vague. Right, right, I got it. <laughs> or, or I just haven't like really sat down and like taking the time to learn Pro Tools. It's, different. it's way different. If there's one artist you steal from all the time, and we all do it, yeah. who's, who's, who are, who's the artist? Oh, it's Frank Ocean. I already know. Are you talking about like effects, or are you just talking about style? Um, style, man. I'm so I'm so like inspired by him. It's crazy, and you know there are times where you know you have I have to say to myself, okay, I can't use this song. I have to like this is a ripoff. I can't use this. It's interesting that you say that because in listening to your music, timid is the wrong word, but it's almost like you're a, more of a part of the song. But with Frank. At some tracks, like uh, especially on on Blonde, his voice is so prominent; yeah. it's outshining every other facet of the production. And it's interesting because you say you're pulling from him, but you're the op. But I almost think you're the opposite. Like you're, like, yo, we're all coming up here. Like these different effects and different finishing, you're coming up as a group in the, in that song. It's it, in my opinion, it's like, all right, uh, Cody's kind of stepping back and like music's carrying this, the the hooks carrying this, and then he's there. But with Frank, it's almost like he's like, fuck the no, I'm. This is me. It's almost like I swear to God he can put out fifty minutes of this acapella. He could, yeah, yeah. So, but it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because maybe I didn't catch the cadence. Like, yeah, I, it's I didn't like catch you. it's more of the it's more of the the 
the writing style and like the the writing style as far as like lyrics go and the writing style as far as the 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 vocal lines go because i'm really into that being classically trained like i pick my favorite composers not based on the backgrounds but based on how these vocal lines feel to me and how they sound to me so it's more of that like as far as me being a part of the track i feel like that comes from my classical background as well like I love orchestras. I love how they sound. I love how orchestras and choirs sound right. together. It's it's a collaborative effort. It's not just vocals on top of right, strings. Right, right, right. It's like a, when the composer wrote it, he wrote it so y'all would mesh and it would sound right. It's very sounds different from everything. Beach Boys. So it's like I like to kind of play with that. I had to I had to kind of fight a few people with that. Like right. no, don't don't put my voice up. Like let me let me live in the track real quick. Uh, but see that's scary. Part. And I'm sorry, no, but that's kind of scary because. If you don't have the right tech, and I, like again, I'm, I'm a nerd, former DJ too, but I'll invest in like some Sennheisers or, or Sony uh, Pros, but you can catch it with that. But aren't you a little bit scared about like, you know, the iPhone headphones or the $10 like gels or whatever and not getting that full effect? Or are you just... No, I'm really... I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really scared of it. Like, because I, I want to be successful. Right. And I want people to hear me and hear what I'm saying. But also, I, I think about other influences I have, like Travis, like... I'm sure he was a little bit yeah. scared too when he started coming out with the crazy affected ad libs and the ten different reverbs and it sounds right, right. crazy wide and I'm I'm sure at first that didn't sound good or as good as it does now, but he he was like okay I have this vision and we're gonna work towards it and the people who need to get it are gonna get it and it's gonna help me get to a place where I can make this sound the way I want it to sound. Well, in terms of performing live, you were at Pianos, which is a pretty big venue in New York. How'd you how'd you go about getting that gig? Um, all all credit to my manager, my manager uh, Justin Claget. Oh shit! Super cool dude. Um, New York based. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's living in Jersey now. He's moving into New York sure, sure, pretty sure. soon. Are you? How'd you guys get in touch? Um, through through um this artist that I met um online. I just met him online. He was a friend of a friend. Um, I ended up moving to Atlanta, which is where he was from. We worked together a good bit. He signed a deal, and he kind of had had things going on there. So um, I moved back home, but I had met Justin during that time when I was in Atlanta. He's from Atlanta. He told me he was a fan, and he wanted to work with me. And I, you know, I, I always, you know, kind of saw that he was, he was someone uh, of an astute mind, and like he could, he could help me out on, on the business side. Yeah, because I'm not that guy. Right. I'm strictly, I like to make music. I, I like to I you mean. to tweak sounds and hear how stuff. Right. How stuff goes. I find it fascinating that Atlanta remains this like place that's literally light years ahead of everywhere else in the country. Yeah. In terms of music, people just roll their eyes. The fact that they were on Future and all these like people who I love, but they had heard that shit so much before. And I love that like because like LA is always super late on music, mm-hmm. going like west. So I find it fascinating that New York was this kind of hip hop mecca, but in reality, Atlanta's been churning out amazing artists for decades. Oh no, definitely. Pedestrian is the wrong word to use, but the fact that like Outkast and Goody Mob are just like standard artists, like, but they have so many. Like, if Outkast or Goody Mob came from anywhere else, it'd be the biggest artist of all time from that area. From that place, yeah. Unless it's Gary Indiana. (laughs) But like, besides besides like the Jacksons, they'd be the biggest artist of all. Oh my god! Like, you'd be posters and billboards saying they're from here. Yeah, but when you talk about Atlanta, you talk about it's Outkast and 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 right. It's not like, and that's what's insane. Yeah. Again, it bothers me because people are so. I don't think Atlanta's spoiled though because I think they know how fucking good they have it like in terms of music and artistry. Yeah, and I feel like they they kind of they've worked for it. They've cultivated oh, yeah. that type of culture and they keep you know innovating in a way that would uh, make it easy for that to keep like continue down there. Like, right. It's not by accident. 
albums like Aqua Gemini came out, like a lot of other places in this country, you'd look at a guy like Big Boy and Andre and be like, what the fuck is this shit? But in Atlanta, like some of the hardest dudes of all, because I was like gangster, we're kind of getting over the pot, Biggie thing, like that kind of vibe, right? Like yeah. of what we think hip hop's supposed to be. And these guys can create this amazing, brilliant album. And it's it's so beautiful that they're encouraged by these like, you know, like CeeLo and all these amazing people from Atlanta and just like lifting you up. The community's down with it. When I was in high school, it was like, you like this type of music or that type of music. Yeah. But now it's like, you go to someone's Spotify list, it's it's everything in mix, which I think is really dope. But I, I'm just always in awe of like how they put each other up. You know, guys like T.I. give people opportunities and like Ludacris, like just, it's, they yeah, put you on. Yeah, that's super cool. Like all of their big artists definitely reach back and they might not be reaching back to every single person because there's so many artists in Atlanta but if you bubble to the top their top artists will definitely reach back like well, come get this look like yeah come get on this record come which is wild do this show with me like they'll they'll definitely reach back super cool um with respect to like hooks what are your thoughts on that like if you got a call tomorrow is that, is that so are you scared of like being segmented or kind of being like put in like considered as a role because first time I ever heard Frank and you have to excuse my ignorance was Church in the Wild I never no Church in the Wild I never heard of him who's this dude and then obviously like like Channel Wars came out very if I'm mistaken very shortly after right and like that's the first time I heard of him I was like oh that's dope do you, is there a fear in you like you in terms of control for your career do you is there a path you kind of have or are you just you take it as it comes and you feel like whatever needs to happen will happen yeah I kind of just been just rolling with the punches man um I I just love I like I've gotten lucky I love making music I didn't get into making music to be you know big or right. to to you know be crazy famous like if I could if I could you know not have a nice apartment and later in life a nice house and you know feed me and my family behind music that's the dream really it's not like to be the crazy biggest artist of all time when people send me stuff if it's good like I'll I'll get on it. I I love to make music. I love to be a part of making good music. So like if it's good, I don't I don't necessarily have a problem uh, getting on it. I'm not really f- afraid of being sure. like that type of artist. Okay, when you so you seriously started this what five years ago, give or take. Yeah, just about maybe okay. a little bit, maybe a little bit. Before, I mean a little bit shorter than that, four or five years, some around the time. Okay, if you could give yourself one or two notes from five years ago. What would you want to tell yourself? Oh, Ghost of Christmas man. Past. The first thing off the rip, I would say that every connection is not a good connection. Like, I used to think that, like, oh, I know this person who is, you know, working with this guy, and that, and that guy knows. This is like, and I would just be like, okay, well, I'm going to stick with this, and we're going to, like, work this angle as hard as possible, right. and, like, this, this is going to help my career. Everybody knows, everybody who knows someone who knows Puffy. You're like, yeah, yeah, and it's just, like, down the road, <laughs> it just turns into this terrible situation, but it, it's happened to me, like, once right. or twice, so I'm just like, that's the first thing. That's the game managers and agents play for me, like, as a writer or a comic, They're like, oh, but so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so Jim Carrey. It's like, yo, like, <laughs> like that's cool, but, like, and it's, it's, that's, that's how they try to reel you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why don't yeah. you come take take a seat? And like, yeah, I know this guy. So, what's the second thing you tell yourself? Don't be, don't be so hard on yourself. Like, I used to look up to you know the artists I'm talking about, the the Franks, the Childishes, the Kendricks, the Tyler the Creators. And if my music wasn't that good, I would be down on myself. And I, I mean, I got into this this place of being, you know, depressing and and anxiety ridden because I just was, I thought. You know, I thought I wasn't good enough because right. everything wasn't the greatest thing that was out right then or the gotcha. most popular thing that was out. And I just, I would, yeah, I would definitely tell myself, you know, just kind of calm down and take it at your own pace. 
You know, no one's no one's great overnight. I, and with Tyler, what's fascinating is he's such a music nerd. The way he like froze around the Neptunes, like him and Chad and Pharrell was like, which is such a dope thing. Because I wish that that feeling about being around like now they're his peers and kind of yeah. like they're around us. So like, it's really dope. Do you feel like you need to be, uh, like ha- like a music historian for yourself in order to kind of like move forward or feel like you can separate yourself from music entirely as a fan and then kind of move forward and just like kind of record do you feel like if you took went to a beach for like a month no music just kind of chilled out and like kind of disconnected and weren't even up on like our songs or whatever how do you think you'd record versus like engulfed in music and radio and Spotify and, and, and iTunes music and title and all this stuff um I definitely think it'd be it'd be much different I mean this project that that's coming out soon that we're talking about um, it's called Silhouettes. So I'm just gonna call it that from now on right. instead of just keep saying this project. Sure. Um, this was the first time I ever, you know, didn't listen to anything that kind of lent itself to um, the type of music I made in the past or the type of music I was kind of leaning towards. So I didn't listen to Caesar's new album until maybe a week ago. I hadn't heard Daniel Caesar's new album or. Is this because like you don't want to be corrupted? Like- yeah, I don't because I know me. I'm such a huge fan of good music. It it'll seep into that art that I'm making, and I didn't want it to be me recreating a Sisa album or me recreating a Smino album or anything like that. I wanted it to be, you know, kind of truthful. Um, so I, so I kind of took a break from that. That's the first time I've ever done that. It's definitely a, a far different recording process than me, the normal person who's listening to music 24-7 right, right, all day right. long. I don't know, the difference is just kind of like a lot less pressure. Because like I was saying, I'm hard on myself when I don't come with things that are as good as the most popular thing out. Um... So yeah, it's just a lot less pressure to not have even heard that says album while I'm recording mine. And what's something you think five year five years ago, if you're looking at yourself now, would surprise you? Because it doesn't seem like you wanted startup or anything like that. I get that. You, it's just about making music. What part of your trajectory has changed the most compared to when you started? Um, I'm hanging out with people that I used to listen to. Like that's the craziest part to me. Oh yeah. Like I used to listen to J. Rob. Almost every day. Like, I used to listen to his beats all the time on SoundCloud. Or, uh, my homie Veda. Shout out to Veda, who I've been working with recently. I used to listen to her and, and my guy Oshi all the time. And now, you know, Oshi will send me an Instagram DM and be like, yo, your stuff is dope. Or I'm hanging out with Veda, came and hung out with me for my birthday. Or I'm in the studio with that's J-Rob. Dope. Like, that, that's been the craziest part. Right. Especially since moving to New York, because I've been working with people that I used to legit sit in the kitchen with my mic in the closet and like listen to their beats and listen to their music and stuff like that's the craziest part so how does that how do you feel this affected you creatively in terms of like access do you feel like it's I'm no longer that different do you you, because I feel like when when you feel disconnected you feel like they're somewhere you aren't yeah but now you're physically where they are and artistically that's up for other people to decide right so I'm saying how does that affected your process like your your view as an artist oh, I just I, I make music In a much more confident place now Whereas I feel like the, the plague Of like an artist Is always like You kind of second guess Yourself Or you kind of like not, not necessarily second guess But you, you're always wondering Yo how yeah. are people Going to receive this How are people Going to feel about this As opposed to how I feel about this And now I kind of get to see People think What I've been doing Is, is pretty good So I, I'm just making it From a more confident place now. That's, that's the right. main difference With respect to moving to New York You know I think we, we spoke before And like I think When we first met that night I don't know if you remember I wanted to tell you As a new artist in the city The the best thing I ever did Was make sure I didn't Just sit around in my apartment I went out Whether it's coffee shop Playing ball Meeting people Parties whatever That's going to fuel me creatively And I, I think I remember I told you Before you move here like, You better not sit around Do you feel like a, you follow that creed, but B, 
it's helped your process in terms of actually having experiences and kind of like not just being a hermit, writing stuff down? Yeah, I don't follow it as much as I should probably. Um, <laughs> but but as far as getting out, man, it's definitely... You gotta experience a few Yeah, stuff. you you can't write about things if if you haven't done anything. Right, right. Which is another part of like me being like, yo, I want to write about things that are honest. Like you can't, I can't write about things that are honest if I'm just sitting on the couch watching TV when I get home all the time. I'm just gonna write about something that's super boring. <laughs> Do you think you need to date a creative? No, 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 no. Do you prefer? Do you have a preference? I prefer to not date someone who's creative. So you're cool with a nine to five guy? Oh my goodness. Am I? <laughs> no, like, what's let's talk about that. What's the deal? Like, what? I mean, my last few girlfriends. I mean, before the the girl I've been dating now, um, for the past three years. Oh, um, a lot of them. Like, not a lot of them. All of them have been creative. When you say you've been the last few girlfriends, then you say you're 22. That's that's fair. That's, say, fair. Like, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. We were we were young. We were doing right, stupid right. stupid well, stuff. Like that's that's fair. No, no, but, but, but go ahead. So you've been here for three years, but okay. Compare. Um, they just. One, it's harder for me to share that creative stuff with someone who I also feel like is dope. Because I never wanted to date someone. That's another thing. I never wanted to date someone who was a creative who I just felt was kind of like, okay. That's, oh, that's, that's real. weird. That's real. Like, that's whack. And then, right. yeah, like, I can't be sitting around all the time. You show me stuff. I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of trash. I feel you. I definitely couldn't date a musician because I'm, I like, I would lose my mind right. if my musician girlfriend was like, yo, this is trash. <laughs> like, I don't know how I would take it. You'd have erectile dysfunction <laughs> immediately. Um, it's just like I feel like a a weird like kind of thing. I feel like it's it's like a lot of pressure when I'm dating a creative because the same pressure that I put on them where it's like, oh, I don't want to date somebody who's trash. Like I I feel that pressure right. of being like that's an added pressure on my art right. that's not from me when I'm like right. dating someone that's creative sure. and they want to hear what I was working on for nine ten hours at the studio and then I have like two sentences of work and they're like oh okay when you go back home how does it feel as an artist oh man I, I mean a ton of love it's 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 much different from when I was an artist and I didn't have anything out right. I'll tell you that um, I mean a ton of love man like a lot of my friends from middle school or a lot of my friends from high school who didn't know I was still doing the music thing um, or just strangers like people who have heard it through through friends of mine or through friends of friends because we don't have too many people you know we got right. said it earlier we got Drew Hill uh, we got like Boss Man. We got Los in uh, Akil Carr, <laughs> the Crime dirty. Stopper. Akil's dirty. The crime Stopper. Um, and then we got like Take Bang. He's on. I feel like he's on uh, three hundred right now. Other than that, we don't, you know we don't have a ton of people, especially a ton of people in my lane who are talking about the certain things that I'm talking about and not talking about you know, the things that my city is famous for. Right. Um. So yeah, I've been getting a lot of love. It's 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 super interesting to see, super new to me, but it's it's been great. What's funny about middle school and high school friends is when you bump into them and you're doing whatever it is, you're entrepreneur, creative, whatever you're doing, because they know you when you were kids, they really fucking know what you should have been doing or you should be doing. There's something about this kinship we have with just people we knew in middle school or high school, they'll be like, That's exactly what you should have been doing. Yeah. Or like <laughs> I never saw you as that at all. And they're like you should be doing it. And it's almost kind of this reassurance. They're like, Hamza, I knew you should have been doing this. So like, and it makes me feel good. Until once in a while when someone's like surprised, which kind of like offends me. It's like, yeah, why'd you think? Really? You're doing <laughs> That's what you're like, talking I about? I should be a CPA or something. Ooh. Not a CPA. I'm not good at math. But I'm saying, if you couldn't be a creative, and let's say every job um, paid the same salary. Right. And let's say there was no poverty and, and things were okay. What okay. would you do for a living? Um, Wow. I feel like if I couldn't be creative, I would have been way more focused in school, and I was always like a math 
nerd and like a science nerd. And I remember as a kid telling my mom, like, Mom, I want to be a doctor. Or like, Mom, I want to be a neurosurgeon. As like a child. (laughs) I feel like I would have pursued that way heavier. Like if I had, if I didn't like know I was going to do this creative thing. And if I didn't go to an art school, I would have been like on my stuff. Med school. Yeah, I think that's what I, I think that's what I would have done. You um, sit down and, and just like for because like med school. No, not really. Like you sit there with a lamp and a book. There's no. Yeah, not really. Like I, I maybe I would have developed it during that time, right. but like, no, not not this person that I am now. You know, who was a brain surgeon was uh, Ben Carson. Yeah, he's kind of crazy now. <laughs> Many opinions on that. Whatever. Do you feel like there there's a burden to carry being from one of the most. And I'm from the DMV, you know. I'm from Northern Virginia, right. so like I, I've been to Baltimore quite a bit, spent a lot of time there. I love Phillips seafood. I, I know people, you know, like people with like advanced palates should give me shit. But every birthday, my, my pops was like, "Where do you want to go?" I was like, "Phillips." Okay. So we go down to Baltimore, the one in Southwest or whatever. I love it. That's fair. And then I found out when I got a little bit older and had a couple bucks that their daytime buffet was a different price than the weekend buffet when we'd always go. Okay. And I never <laughs> took advantage of it because I felt like if that that was opening this door. Into like heart disease immediately, a hundred percent. Because like that's you can do that shit once in a blue moon, and it's always a good idea at the beginning. It's Phillips is always a good idea until it's not. <laughs> like, you feel me? Like because you feel that shit like later, but it's, I'm such a sucker. Like, for, oh, like I had some much. Right, right, right. It's like Ron John Silver's, which people like cringe at, but like again, good idea until it's not. So I love, and it's not that's not just the part of Baltimore. I've seen like Tom Kennedy perform there. That's, Rich Hill has been for him. Tom Kennedy, uh, Tom Hill, Tommy Hilfiger's son. Wow. With some friends or whatever. Dom Kennedy was a fun ass show, but he's like West Coast, you know, so it's like, it's just like hands up with a slow vibe. Like, yeah, yeah. It's and it's this, super ride to be. Yeah, it's like bars. Yeah. Are we good? Bars. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like, okay, cool. We're just cooling. He's he's controlling the crowd, yeah. which I love about Dom Kennedy. One thing, I, and I, I love the Yellow album. It's my favorite album. But like, what I love about it is he, he's almost like, very, like he almost surprises himself with some lines, and I so he has this kind of smirk when he delivers a line, and he's like checking to see if he liked it, <laughs> which is one of my favorite performances of all time. Because I just saw cool. I just saw Jay recently. I think you were at that show. Oh, you went to that show in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was, and I was a little bit upset because I wanted some feet. I wanted someone to come out. He's in Brooklyn. It's his home or whatever. Yo, I was hurt like, and he kept playing the little clips of Yay on the screen. I'm like, is he Yay about to right, come right. out? Like, I was. I was going to Alicia lose it. for New York. Yeah, somebody. You know, somebody. I thought somebody was coming. I definitely thought somebody was coming. Right, out. right. Bring up Memphis for all time. Well, he brought up Memphis bleak, but what's crazy is right. Well, but I don't know if you remember, but something he was saying about like people who've been with me since the Black Album. Mm-hmm. The Volume One was like when I was like, oh shit, this dude. And so he put it on. So like, but that that concert, his like the Chester stuff was really dope. It hit me because I loved the Collision Course. Yeah. All my friends gave me shit for that, but I loved the Lincoln Park JC collab. No doubt, let's do it to this day. That and I've seen him four times. That show, have you seen him before? No, I never seen him before until that night. Let me tell you something. That show was the most hyped and in touch I had seen ever seen Jay. I seen Watch the Throne. I've seen like uh, wow. Um, trying to think, Watch the Throne. I just saw him with Justin. Then I saw like uh, once he did like this big concert with a bunch of different artists. But like I'd never seen him that connected. And what do you think of the lights? Um. What do you think? I guess what do you think of that performance? Remember you had like the screens. Coming? I thought it was. I thought the performance as a whole was amazing. Right. I'm not a huge Jay Z fan. Right. I know it's kind of blasphemous to say. No, I mean, um, but like, I mean, I understand his place in the culture, so I had to go. He was in Brooklyn. Um, you could not I be was a Michael just, fan, but understand what he did for the yeah. NBA. And I was just captivated. Like there were certain times, you know, the stage was going up and down, and like those little, like almost like pyramidy things he had, like 
There were times I didn't recognize that it happened until like five minutes after it happened. I'm like, oh man, like I was just right. so captivated by him. Right. It was actually it was pretty amazing. It was like kind of it was kind of weird because I'm not this huge Jay Z fan, but I was still like tuned like all the way tuned into what he was doing and what he was saying. It was it was interesting. It was very cool. In terms of like the uh, your I guess upcoming EP and your current album, what's something that like really surprised you about this current release? In terms of just like whether it's making the album or the te- technology behind their SoundCloud, what's something that's like really blown you away in terms of like the process, or is it just feedback or what? Um, I know it's kind of ambiguous, but I'm curious. Two things: the the first thing being the feedback. Like I I just really didn't expect it to be as great as it as it has been. Just because I I mean I was kind of scared to put it out. I've been holding onto things for a long time. With the leaves video, I'd had that since March of last year. Which you directed yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah, co-directed it with my with my guy Jay. It was it was a great day. It was right. unbelievably cold. Right. Um, it was one of the one of the last few days I got to see my boy Bubba before he went uh, before he went into to jail. So it was a great day, and I directed the video. And then afterwards, I was like, "Yo, I'm so nervous right. to let people see this. I had held it for an entire year." Right. Um, so the feedback was just like that was great. Um, and then another thing. Um, it'd be kind of the process of like mixing and mastering our project and, and, and that side of making okay. music, which is super important and not a lot of artists realize how important it is until you get to that point. Um, but I went through like a few different engineers and a few different snafus and waiting for certain mixes for months on end and it was just like that was kind of eye opening and interesting, but it was really cool. Um, to, to say I've been through that. And it's such a dope it feels good to release it, but the worst part of all like creating like all that time is once it's out, people are like, oh, it's dope. I gave it a listen, or like I watched it, and I'm like, yo, I just spent half. Yeah, like, that, I was, that I was, was crazy. I, I'm missing my friends' birthdays. I can't sleep. I can't go play. I, I'm working. I'm editing. Doing stuff. You put so much time into it. Like, yeah, it was dope. I gave it a couple of listens because all they have to do is hit play. Yeah. My <laughs> mom, my mom texted me today. I was like, yo, your little sister's birthday is next month. She wants to do like this sky zone trampoline thing. Like, right. can you come? And I was like, it's one of, one of the days I'm I'm working at the store, and I've already used up kind of all my good oh, yeah. grace as far as getting off, getting studio sessions or doing shows or oh, yeah. you know something like that, and just kind of just opposing that with that and working on it for a year and a half with putting it out, and then people like it lives for a week, and then people are just kind of like, that was really dope, man. That was that was dope. What, what's <laughs> the next thing coming out? Yeah. Ever see a little bit of anxiety in your face? I'm talking about the next EP. Like I just put out an album. Like no real talk. Like. And that's, what's crazy about because we sacrifice, and I think as artists, what I what I love is like, now I feel indebted to these people. I couldn't come to your wedding. I couldn't do that. I had we had to do something. It's almost like we owe it to everyone else. Like we got them. It's got to be great. Of, yeah, it has yeah. to be great, but also we got to make it. Yeah, make it worthwhile. And so and so to kind of wrap on that, it's um, um you know kind of carrying the, the torch for Baltimore along with a bunch of other cr- amazing creatives. Also, I don't I don't think people sleep on like the art scene in Baltimore in terms of like paintings. Oh my but, goodness! Like I, I don't I was I was with a friend. She's like, yo, let's go to Baltimore. I was home for the hall. I was like, yeah, sure, we'll go for over Christmas break. She takes me to this like gallery, and I you know I've been around New York and LA. I've been to places in this country, and I was like, that is unbelievable. There are so many like sleeper amazing painters and artists in, in Baltimore beyond music and acting. And like that's something I feel like I didn't, you know, a lot of people don't know. And I love to boost. So where do you think that comes from? Like, what do you think it is? I'm curious. You guys, I'm not out, like, sure. I, I'm people. honestly not sure, but I know a ton of them. Like, uh, a bunch of people I went to school with. My, my best friend, Waverly Shivers, he's a great artist. Right. Um, people that go to Micah, like my friends, Lynn Hunter and um, Anuj Mala, like these people are great artists. Even my ex, 
Like she was, she went to uh, school for visual arts up here. She was um, amazing. I don't necessarily know where it comes from. It's just something in the in the even my brother that I was talking about who didn't get any formal training. But he was just phenomenal visual artist. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I, I don't so, know. And what's crazy is like maybe it's because there's no hate. Because like at least in comedy and, and kind of like make, making shows, there's people who are happy if you happy for you. Or like oh fuck, Hamza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, but what's weird is, like, my cousin, like, you know, which Towson, so she's part of that scene. She's in L.A. now. She's an actress. But there's almost just, like, blind support and I'll put you on. And that's so fascinating for me. I always wondered, and I guess you can't even answer it. It's just something about Baltimore. It's something about Maryland that you just, like, you're down for the cause. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've definitely seen a lot of the older visual artists, like, who came out of the city helping out, too. Right. I feel like that's the difference with the music scene is, like, as opposed to, like, the acting scene there or right. the visual arts scene there. Like, there's not too many people who have gone out of the city with that talent who can reach back and who are at the point in their career where they can reach back and you know kind of help help the rest sure. of us up well like, thank you so much for joining man i'm really yeah, excited of course. uh listeners i will plug all of cody lee's music uh, social media all that kind of stuff on this link thank you again for for listening guys and thank you for joining yeah of course i had a ton of fun